Portions of this program have been brought to you by Monarch Brand Premium Liquid Butter Alternative and by Gmail. Fat Hot. A story by Sky Odsley. January 2020. When I looked up the word resolution to find its exact definition, I wasn't disappointed. The top result was a firm decision to do or not to do something. In the last few weeks, I've been pushing myself to sit down and write another episode, another entry in this oral journal of observations and complaints I've been compiling lately. I thought it might be smart to release a holiday episode But I didn't get around to it. Thanksgiving and then all the many eventful dates in December came and went, and then the new year appeared one night while I was at work, and became the norm only a few minutes later. Maybe as we get older, holidays and celebrations lose their luster and importance. Or maybe, being where I am, in the flat and snowy Midwest, these times get outshined by bad weather, sickness, and stressful traveling. This particular new year, however, the year 2020, really transitioned without the slightest change in energy at all. I'm not much of a spiritual person, but I am aware of energy because I've been monitoring my own gradual lack of energy for the past two years. So at 11.59 on December 31st, I was pouring some shit into a glass for someone else, glancing at my job's digital clock on the wall as the room of drunken people counted down the year's remaining seconds aloud, each number reminding me of the swiftness of time. And when at last they all erupted in cheer, for a moment I closed my eyes, half expecting and secretly half wanting, a revitalization of some kind to rush over me. Of course, this didn't happen. Feelings like that never come when you want them to. Instead, I just opened my eyes, glanced at the clock now changed, and went back to pouring shit into a glass. I hope I never allow myself to write at length about what I do for a living. I work in the service industry. A rudimentary machine could execute every task required by my job. The vending machine I use at my gym actually does a better job than I ever could. And after using several other vending machines in various laundromats, hotel lobbies, and airport hallways, I've concluded that while I might be all right at my job, I will never be great. Not as great as a machine. Its efficiency and speed will never be outmatched. So as a realist, I'm completely aware of what I become when I don a towel and pen and clock in at work. I'm just an inefficient vending machine. But knowing this allows me to fill my time off with entirely random and unrelated thoughts and concerns. I can't imagine what someone with a passionate fulfilling career must think about when they're not at work. I suppose they probably think about their job, or perhaps their children, pets, or mortgage. But luckily, I don't have any of those things either. 
I have somehow managed to spelunk myself through the caverns and plumbing of adult life and have arrived at the drainage ditch of late thirties, disoriented, but free. It was not hard work getting here. And now, just a couple of weeks and few days after the actual New Year, I finally decided upon a New Year's resolution. I'm going to care less. A handful of kind-hearted friends of mine would say that I'm a very caring person. But if my car and bowels could speak, they would argue otherwise. While I hope to continue cultivating deep and lasting relationships with friends that I love, I ultimately want to give less of a shit about everything else. But only a moment after writing that, I realized the results of such inaction are already visible in my physique, and in my hair, and in the bags beneath my eyes. It's already blatantly apparent in the holes in my clothes, the beer-filled shelves of my fridge, and the bare walls of all my empty rooms. I really don't care about much. So maybe what I seek is not to care less about everything else, but to actually care more about myself. I think that's what a lot of common New Year's resolutions boil down to. But now, a moment thinking on this has passed as well, and that's not it either. I don't have the ability to care more for myself. It's not as if I hate myself. I'm just not that into myself. I find myself annoying and a touch bitchy. I can say that about myself because, trust me, I spend a lot more time with myself than anyone else does. So, thinking about it reasonably, I'm already beyond embrace and acceptance. I'm not just going to wake up some Friday morning, look myself over, and decide that this is love and I am in it. I've been with myself too long to change the way I feel. So I guess that means the only option left is to completely change who I am. Then perhaps from there I'll be able to think of myself differently. I think a lot of common New Year's resolutions also boil down to this as well. A project like this has to start with total self-analysis. It sounds daunting, but I'm already used to looking myself over with a judgmental squint and shake of the head. This has developed from years of being my own doctor, bandmate, personal trainer, and drunken confidant. Physically, I could use a tune-up and maybe a fresh coat of paint, but I'm too in my head all the time to blame my poor external image on anything going wrong. Truthfully, my outer shell is really the only thing keeping me from falling apart. And although it bothers me sometimes, I've never had another vessel to compare it to for comfort and mobility. I used to be pretty fit, 
And I'm not that bad looking, so in the last year of entirely letting myself go, I've actually just become kind of a fat, hot guy. Many may mock it, but no one will deny the large population of overweight, yet attractive, males. We even get our own list of complimentary adjectives like burly and beefy. And the kind of bulk I put on even adds an air of intimidation. Like stumbling backward into genius, I stopped exercising, replaced most meals with fried chicken, and somehow became sexier. I felt like shit all the way through 2019, wore sweatpants to work, and nearly drank myself into the hospital several times. Yet each day, some stranger would compliment my eyes or my complexion or my hair. Random guys in line with me at Walgreens, other pizzeria customers passing my table on the way to the restrooms, children strapped in shopping carts and pointing with candy-coated fingers. To all of them, I was so beautiful that they had no choice but to verbally confess it right to my face. Apparently, I'm not just a vending machine. I guess I'm also an Adonis. And as a recently lauded stud, I feel the need to barehand the reins of this essay a bit and steer the horns to a more positive look forward. We are only a couple of weeks into the new year after all, and my last episode got a little dreary. While certain things I admitted to were a bit dark, all through those lowest points I knew the path I was crawling would eventually lead someplace better, although at times that knowledge felt more like hope. But it's a new decade, and I want some things to be different. I'll go ahead and say it. I have too much baggage. I'm not going to get anywhere lugging around all this excess. But for the sake of time and everyone's sanity, I'll refrain from using this as a platform to sort through all my emotional baggage. I've probably done that enough already. Instead, I'll just leave it all behind. Wow. That sure was easy. But what am I still carrying that I don't need? What else is weighing me down? There's so many things taking up my time and space that really serve no function other than obstacle and distraction. Folks might argue that certain items are a necessity and vital to modern life. But I'm old-fashioned, and I don't have much of a life. I've been questioning the importance of my cell phone. Yesterday, I used it to text the word SUP to a friend of mine before meeting them for beers at the same spot we hang out at every weekend. Six-ton satellites hurtling through space at thousands of miles an hour used invisible beams of pure electromagnetic energy 
to decode and transmit that message. My abbreviated query as to what was up rocketed from the palm of my hands and up through the molten atmosphere faster than the speed of light in order for my friend to read it instantly and respond with the phrase, Dick and shit. Thanks to a century of computer science, the two of us were able to conclude that nothing all that cool was going on and that perhaps we should just go to the same place we always do. I've already admitted to being nothing more than a vending machine, so why the hell do I need a cell phone? My cell phone contains such intricate engineering that I could shoot and edit an entire music video with it, and then also use it to share that video with the entire world. Or I could walk out of my apartment building, put on a blindfold, and ask my phone how to find food, water, and shelter, and likely stay alive just fine. Fuck, I've known guys who have used their cell phones to find a wife, buy a house, and set up a retirement plan. And yet all I did with it this afternoon was use it to watch a video of a guy getting hit in the genitals with a golf club. Thanks to its compact technology, I was able to enjoy this while on the toilet. And because of its space-age processing speed, I got to watch the video several times in a row without the slightest lag or interruption. I don't think I really deserve this kind of luxury. I certainly don't appreciate it like I should. Maybe that's another thing that's been clipping my wings. Too many options for procrastination. Having a cell phone is like giving me every brush in the drawer and every color of paint ever made and the largest canvas I want, but giving me it all at the cost of my only muse. That's what 2019 felt like to me. Like I was standing before the bleakness of anything I could dream and choosing instead to close my eyes and put on ambient music. I have a laptop as well. It's pretty much exactly like my phone except it still folds in half. The most important thing I use my laptop for is emptying my email inbox. Sometime in the last decade, I guess I decided I was cool enough to make a Gmail account, and I've regretted it ever since. I don't lead the kind of existence that requires electronic mail, which I am only assuming is what email stands for. Right now, I have 642 unopened messages, and I just emptied the thing last week. These are digitized and personalized letters, yet every single one is either just a coupon for my next pizza or a reminder of some annual sale on shoes. It's all still junk. E-junk. 
I bought a $2,000 state-of-the-art device so I could throw away junk mail faster. But 642 messages still takes a long time to erase because I still scroll through my entire inbox, thinking one or two might be important or at least earnest. My mother continues to write me letters by hand, however, and they arrive from another state with a stamp and cursive address. I hate to sound negative, but if that's the case, did we really need email? A lot of my useless online subscriptions require email confirmations. As if the email confirmation is somehow solid evidence of rightful ownership. It is completely within reason that I could go on Google and set up an email account under the name Turnbuckle Shitpants, claim I was a woman born in 1942, and start buying bulk adult-sized dog collars with any credit card number I find lying around. Doing all of that would take less than two minutes. And the worst that could happen is I might have to go through the pain of opening a second tab and clicking the icon of a confirmation email. Although I'm poking fun, this rambling of mine is actually brought to you by Apple Computers. Thanks to Apple Services, iTunes Connect, Amazon Kindle Direct, DreamHost Domain Registry, Wix.com, Lulu Online Publishing, and the extremely helpful support team at Podbean, I've been able to share my long drawn-out stories of horny people complaining. I've also been able to make these more recent episodes where I talk about my visits to the bathroom and the things I think about while sitting there. Did you know I wrote a 400-page book about people having sex with giant insects during an apocalypse that subliminally romanticizes incest while using passages and parodies from the Bible? I bet you didn't. Only three very unfortunate people have been subjected to reading it for the sake of my grammatical perfection. And thanks to my laptop, I was able to write, design, publish, promote, print, and unsuccessfully sell that book all by myself. I don't think I should be allowed to own a laptop. Maybe these two devices sharing equal time within my hands are the things keeping me from finally being content. When I started out, I had a flip phone and a typewriter, and I thought that was good enough. I recorded all my music on cassette tape, and I handed out my stories from copies I'd stapled together at Kinko's. But to do that now would make it seem like I learned how to express myself by shopping at Urban Outfitters. People would think I was a douchebag. I can't go back. Yet I can't move forward. It feels like I'm stuck. Or even worse, like I'm sinking. So what is dragging me down? If it's not my job, and it's not my diet, 
And it's not my own face. And it's not my growing list of pet peeves or my intense dependency on useless technology. Then what is it that I don't like about myself? I guess I don't really know. And I suppose I shouldn't really care. That concludes this episode. For more information, go to skyodsley.com. That's www.skyaudsley.com.